wants to sit there and say, can you do that again? Can you sing that again? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I hope you have your Bible and you'll open it with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to read just a couple of verses. Uh, I started to just read one verse and then uh, I thought, well, nope, we're going to read a few more verses. We're going to read verses 2 to 7. And then this morning as I was looking over my message before we left the house, I thought, man, you need to read the whole chapter. But uh, So that's your homework, all right? You, you, you go home and and finish reading the whole chapter. But 1 Thessalonians, um, Paul is talking about some things there about being grateful, uh, a spirit of appreciation. When we put this scripture passage into historical context, we realize that this is Paul's second missionary journey. He's uh, just uh, arrived in Thessalonica uh, before he wrote this, obviously. Uh, You go back to Acts chapter 17, verse 4, and you realize this is where Paul left after he had had his uh, prison ministry there where he'd been in prison in stocks and chains and at midnight. uh, He was not asleep. He was was, uh, singing and praising the Lord. And and then he left there and he went past Berea and and some of the people in Berea and I didn't like him. I can't imagine. Brother John, can you imagine a, a, a preacher, somebody didn't like? Everybody likes a preacher. No, uh, that's, that's not the case. You know, sometimes when you preach, uh, I used to have a lady that would come up to me in, in Whitehall and she'd say, Preacher, you really stepped on their toes today. And, you know, and I'm thinking, it should have been yours. You know, I was, I'm thinking when I'm thinking of all of this stuff. But, you know, it's, it's amazing. People didn't like Paul. I don't think you and I would have necessarily liked everything Paul said because he's the kind of preacher that just lets you have it. And, it, you know, he just threw it down there. And so, so all these things are happening. And when, when he left Thessalonica, he went on to Berea. The people from Berea didn't like him. They fussed at him. He left there and he goes on and, and he starts thinking about these people that he loved in Thessalonica. And he writes this book because he's wanting to answer some of the questions. What happens uh, when you pass away? And so we get over to verse 4 and you read those beautiful passages that, that he wrote there that I, that I love so much about uh, when, when we're passed away and, and how Jesus is going to come back and things that we've just been singing about. But in, in verse 2, he starts off by thanking the people for letting him come, start the church, and then staying with him. And if you've got your copy of God's Word, look at, look at that. Now, I know we're going to eat lunch after this, okay? So you go ahead and stand up. That means stand up, kind of shake around, get anything you ate for breakfast on down so you can eat a lot for lunch, all right? And I promise you that we'll be out by 2 o'clock to eat lunch. <laughs> no, I've got several of you that will be giving me the, this is the cutoff sign, all right? Men, that doesn't work for you. It's only for the ladies. I know what's going on. But anyway, 1 Thessalonians, let's start at verse 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, our main verse. We give thanks to God always for you all. Key word, all. 
making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in empower and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake." And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. Let's pray together. Father, you be our teacher today. Uh, You help us, Lord, to hear your message, how that we need to live with a spirit of appreciation. We are so blessed. And we are so honored, Lord, just for the privilege of calling you Father. No matter what our circumstance in life, and I know that that we could go around the room and we could talk about negativity and we could talk about things we dislike and, and difficulties, but Lord, we thank you that you're working together with those that love you to make all things good. Way out there in the future or maybe in the next moment when you come, that Lord, you're going to make everything wonderful. Because that's who you are. And so, Lord, we love you. Be our teacher today. Help us and guide us. And speak especially to someone today that might not know you. For we ask it all in your name. Amen. Simple message. I hope that you can can catch on. For Paul is talking about himself after identifying himself. Obviously, he says, we give thanks to God always for you all. Every one. The attitude with which Paul had was an attitude of thanks living. Not just thanks giving, but thanks living. We need to note, I think, Paul's attitude. We mentioned already that Paul could be one of those people that could get under our nose, if you will. And he could, he could say things that people didn't like. And he was jailed and beaten and all shipwrecked and all the different things that we remember because people didn't like him. And some of them did and some of them didn't. But that didn't allow his attitude to determine his actions. His attitude was always one of grace and one of peace and And he appreciated them, whether or not they appreciated him. As a pastor, as I've pastored over years, some of the people that have helped me grow the most have been the most irritating to me. And some of the people that maybe are irritating to you, maybe are some of the people that are helping you to grow the most. You know, if everybody always tells you, oh, you're wonderful, and that message was just great, and blah, 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 uh, you don't really grow. And a lot of times at the end of a message, you know, you'll come by a minister or someone and say, boy, that was a great, great message, and, and the pastor feels kind of good. But you know, there, there's also those times when you come by and you say, I might need to study a little more. Might need to pray a little more. Might little do a little more. Now, now don't do that at the end of the message because he already feels bad enough as it is. But if there's more prayer out there, 
There's more power up here. I'll say that one more time. If there's more prayer out there, there's more power up here. And I want to ask you a quick, simple question. Did you pray this morning as before you walked in here? Dear Lord, let this message be just for me. I doubt many of us had that attitude. But that's the way we should come to church. Lord, help this message be for me. Help this message be for everybody, yes, but help this message be for me. An attitude of thanks living is not always easy to do because sometimes God says things to us that we don't like. Sometimes we're misunderstood. Sometimes we don't understand all the ways of God. And so when someone says, thus says what God says, we don't like it. Our culture certainly doesn't like what this Bible says today. I've made mention of many things that are popular in our culture that are very contrary to the Word of God. But the attitude that you and I have has got to be an attitude of love and grace and peace and truthfulness so that we speak out. Everybody's not just like us, so we're going to have a hard time with some folks. I mean, let's be honest, we have a hard time with ourselves. How many of us look in the mirror and say, hmm, that doesn't look good, and we have to change something? Or we think about something we've done in our life and say, oh, I wish I hadn't have done that. And, and if, if we really are honest, you sat by people you liked today, didn't you? Now, some of you husbands had to sit by your wives, and I know you didn't have a choice. And some of the kids had to sit by mom and dad, and I know. Not everybody's just like us. In truth, we're more like the man that was found on the deserted island, an old illustration, and he was there all by himself, and the people asked him, said, well, we noticed you've been on this island for quite some time, and we noticed that you have three different buildings that you've built. Why did you buy, build three different buildings? And he said, well, first one's my house. I built my house, and that's where I spend most of the time. Second one is the church. And, uh, you know, I worship there sometimes. But, but then the third one is the church. Well, why did you build two churches? Well, I didn't like the people that were in the first church. If you like all the people that are in this church, something is not exactly right. you got to love them. Hear me. But as brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be encouraging one another to live for the Lord not putting each other down, picking each other up, helping each other, encouraging each other to be better witnesses, to be better students of the Word, to be in better encouragers. We cannot control other people's attitudes, but we can control our own. You see, our attitudes are our own responsibility. Can't blame it on someone else. There was a lady and her daughter, and they went shopping, and it had been one of those difficult days shopping and they were tired and they'd been in and out of stores and they'd missed lunch and different things had happened and all of a sudden the, the mother looked over at the daughter after they'd been in one particular store and said, did you notice how bad that store clerk was to me? They were just plum rude. They, they had a terrible attitude. The daughter looked over at the mother and said, no, I didn't notice, mother. I noticed your attitude was bad before we ever went in there. 
Our attitude's our responsibility. It's who we are. The bumper sticker is right. Misery is an option. You don't have to be miserable. Everybody has difficult days. Everybody has good days and bad days. And Paul could have easily lambasted the people in Thessalonica and Berea and all those other people. But if if you remember what we read in the scripture, we give thanks to God always for you all. So we need to check our attitudes sometimes when God's speaking to us. And it's through the pastor, the Sunday school teacher, or the friend, or worse, your family. You know, I'm never wrong in my home. That's, that's, I don't use that word. Well, I can tell you, I don't ever use the word wrong. Now, I have been uh, temporarily incorrect many times. But it's our attitude, isn't it? I've been wrong a whole bunch of times. I've messed up a bunch with my spouse. I've messed up a bunch with my kids. I've told them, you know, I'm so sorry that you have to be home at a certain time, that you have to live like this, that I'm not going to buy you those $5,000 pair of blue jeans that's already worn out, got all the holes cut in them. You know, we used to put patches on blue jeans. And now, they, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm telling you my age. Our attitude... Is our responsibility. And our act, actions like that come out. So the action of thanks living comes out of our attitude. If you're not very thankful, it's probably because you're thinking of all the terrible things that are going on. Somebody else got the chicken leg or the turkey leg instead of you. Somebody else beat you in line. Paul could have taken all kind of actions to demonstrate his appreciation. And and most importantly, he did. And if you read through the rest of this book, you'll understand that he, he did those. That appreciation was not something to be felt and just something to be given lip service, but it was something to put action to. It was something to say to people, I really like you. I really care about you. I love you enough not to leave you where you are, but to help us grow together as a body of believers. I want to say to you as a church, I want you to hear how impressed I am with your love for one another with your love for this couple right up here on the front, with your stick to with your continuing going on, you have shown an attitude, and it hadn't always been easy. When we come through all this COVID mess, and, and all of this cultural mess, and all of these things that are trying to push the church down, you have been the body of Christ in this place, and people have been saved, and people have been baptized, and people have joined this church, and, and, and you need a big round of applause for that. You see? Come on. Come on. That's who you are. Now what Satan wants to tell you is don't be that. Don't care for one another. Don't love one another. Be selfish. This is just about you. But that's not what the Scripture says. 
We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Prayer is an action word. Prayer is something that we do for one another. It's something that we do with one another. It's something that we communicate to God with, and we talk to God, and, and it's important. And we don't, we don't have to have a certain manuscript or anything like that. We just need to tell Him our heart. Lord, this is our heart. This is who we are. This is our attitude. Years ago, John Leland, back in the 1800s, was very impressed with President Jefferson. He wanted to do something for him, so he went out in his community, and most of them were dairy farmers, and he said, let's, let's make a big piece of cheese. They made a piece of cheese that weighed 1,600 pounds, put it on a wagon, and carried it to Washington, D.C. History records that they ate cheese for a long time, way past the president's. Put action to his feet. Jack Benny, when he died, the day after his death, the florist showed up at his home and had a one long stem rose. His wife said, what's, what's this about? He said, well, ma'am, I'm going to be here every day for the rest of your life bringing you a red long stem rose. Your husband loved you so much that he made provisions in his will and he's given us enough money that no matter how long you live, I'm going to be here with a red long stem drills. He put action to his feet. If I asked you today, and I'm really debating about this, and I, I, let's just go ahead and do it. You know, preachers do all the talking. I've told you that little boy asked me that one time. Why do you get to do all the talking? I Somebody got a watch? We're not, we're not about to get to 2 o'clock, are we? We got just a couple of minutes. Here's what I want you to do. And you're going to have to do it loud because you don't have a microphone. But I'm going to give you a chance not to say, let's say you got a 20-second limit, okay? That's as long as your sermon can be. But tell me one thing that you are thankful for. And you don't have to repeat it. Try to be thinking about it. And then after this, your homework for now through Christmas is every day to think of something different that you're going to say to God, God, I am thankful for this particular thing with me. All right, here's your chance. Who wants to be first? I'm going to pick on you, Jason. You can talk loud, can't you? Tell me one thing you're thankful for. Yeah. There you go. Good. Who else? Yes, ma'am. Amen. Yeah, my thank my family's not real grateful. Who else? Yes, sir, little boy right there. What are you thankful for? Jesus Christ. That a boy. Good job. You betcha. Who else? What are you thankful for? Anybody? Church. There you go. Just speak it out. Godly wife. 
The lost, yes, we're thankful for them. We need to reach them. For God's love. My, my family, your pastor. Freedom in the United States, amen. You bet. Thankful for our veterans. All those people that are serving us. Who else? Come on. Yes, sir. Food. It's a man after my own heart. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Your life, you bet. That's a gift from the Lord. Pastors, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to tell you, don't tell your pastor's wife things that you're too chicken to tell him. Okay? <laughs> You can pay me for that later, but I mean, she she has to put up with him to begin with. My wife had to put up. You, you're probably blessed. My wife had, boy, she messed up years ago. I'm telling you, she said I do, and she's been faithful to keep doing it. And I know she prays for me. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Loving parents. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. God is always with us. We could go on and on and on. And, and I encourage you, in this world in which we live, with a country that's as I'm going to say is divided politically, maybe. Uh, structured difficulty. We in the Bible Belt here in Arkansas and the Midwest, we need to remember that 85% of Americans live in 32 cities in America. Let that sink in a minute. And there, none of them are Little Rock. Well, Jonesboro, we, we, we're way down on the totem pole. So 85% of the people that are voting or needing to be reached live in 32 cities in America. Those people that have a cow, those people that live on a farm, those people that maybe burn wood, those people that would be like us, uh, they're probably not in the, in the area which we live. So there's a different world that, that we're living in. And so I'm grateful for Arkansas. Glad the Razorbacks won last night. How about it? Yeah. I, I, I didn't throw my voice out screaming at the phone, Run, bucket, run, bucket, run, bucket. But I'm grateful that we live in a country where we could get up this morning and go to church and worship. There's so many people that can't or don't. And so here, I'm, I'm, I'm winding this down. You had your opportunity. 
while you're in line, I want you to look around people while we're eating, visiting, and just go to them and say, I'm thankful for you being my Sunday school. I'm thankful for you sitting by me in church. I'm thankful for these young men that have the freedom to speak up in church and say, we love Jesus and we want to serve Jesus. I'm thankful for a godly pastor and a godly church that's standing by him when difficulties are there. And one last thing, I won't get on your case, okay? You're a great church. Got a great pastor and wife, staff, deacons. Matter of fact, I hadn't found anybody yet that I don't dislike. Y'all are good folks, just good folks. But his job is to be the spiritual leader in helping you to know what God wants you to do. So don't sit back waiting for him to do it. Don't come to him or his wife and say, well, y'all ought to do. Come to him and say, I've been praying about it. And God's wanting me and us to consider doing this in church. And when it needs weed eating, and the 80-year-old man's out there weed eating, get out there with him. And when you drop a piece of paper on the floor in the church, pick it up. When somebody's hurting, pray for them. When somebody's sick, pray for them. When somebody stumbles, help them pick up. When somebody comes up here and they're praying and they're breaking their heart out, don't sit there judging and saying, I wonder what they did wrong. Get down on your knees beside them, not to know what's going on in their life, but to be their brother and sister in Christ and say, we are with you walking this journey of life until we all get to heaven. Love each other. We control our attitude. Because of that, we should develop an attitude of appreciation, a spirit of appreciation for one another. When we do that, people see us demonstrating that appreciation. And the lost, dying world looks at us in wonderment and says, I don't understand why they're doing all that they're doing. They must really love each other. They must really love Jesus. For Jesus said if we loved him, we would love one another. Let's bow together and pray. Father, thank you for speaking to me today and prayerfully, hopefully, Lord, to all of us. If there's someone here that doesn't know you, I pray uh, even right now as we stand and sing in just a moment that, Lord, they would come and ask questions and they would come and find out if there's people that are you're leading to be part of this fellowship, I pray that they would step out and move. If there's those people, Lord, that you're calling into full-time Christian service, uh, Lord, I pray that they would come and just ask for help and prayer. Whatever the decision, Lord, I know you're here and I know you want to move in my life and in our lives. And so I pray that, dear God, you would bless that. And we, th- we thank you for the time of fellowship and love and grace that you've already bestowed upon us. We pray right now that we just have a spirit of appreciation for you and all that you do. We humbly ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.